following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash. Gordon's alive! Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts... From Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Brad. And introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. We are at minute 56 of Flash Gordon Minute. Eric, how are you? Brad, stop the insanity! Oh wait, that was Susan Powder's phrase. I mean, spare me the madness! Yeah, it's always good to be topical with some Susan Powder humor. Yeah. Oh, gosh, what's happened to us? I'm not aiming for the kid, kid listener demographic there. We're over the hump now. Over oh, halfway yeah. done. So you can That's you right. can do what you want now. All uh, downhill from It's here. all downhill from here. You peaked with me. Common story. Everyone's locked in. You're not going to listen to 50, 55 episodes and then stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, by now you either love us or hate us, I would think. <laughs> Jack Stovald from Reopening the Wormhole is back with us one more time. Jack, how are you? Hey, yo. Send me on my way. <laughs> so, Jack, have you been watching the um, the, the new Star Trek show? What is it? Dis- Discovery? Yes, actually. Um, so, little plug here. I also have a just a solo Star Trek Discovery podcast as well. I have been watching Discovery. Yes. And I'm kind of on the fence I know it's been a sort of love-it-or-hate-it show, um, and it was also a big thing when they were talking about that when that show started, where it was going to be the first one where there was going to be more pronounced uh, interpersonal conflict on the show, because that was something that Roddenberry didn't really like. He, he wanted everyone to get along, and the conflicts to come from without and not within, so it was a big change, so... I, I know the show hasn't won everyone over yet, although some people appreciate... Uh, there's a daringness to it. Have you have you seen it at all? I watched the first episode. I because uh, I, um, you, you have to get the CBS app for it. Yep. Yeah. And uh, you know, I just can't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a hurdle. It's I'm here in Japan. It's just on Netflix, so it's easy for me to watch it. But it's um, yeah, it's. I feel like it had a lot of potential, but I don't like where they're taking it. And it's too, it's like the Game of Thrones model. It's where it's just like twists after twists. And I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with it. But I'll, I'll, I'll still be watching it. And, you know, historically, the first season of Star Trek shows often are not very good. So, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give it time. Oh yeah, my my favorite Star Trek is Next Generation, and holy cow, that first season! Oh, the first season, brutal again. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, awful. <laughs> they just needed Riker to grow the beard, and then yeah, they, 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 they righted everything. Is uh, what now he's on the right side of hills. <laughs> uh, we haven't done a right of hills joke in a while. Thank you for bringing that back, Jack. <laughs> Jack showing he's not just a a, a a member; he's a listener not, as well. Not not just a guest. I'm a fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for that. It, it is funny whenever you do a podcast or anything entertainment related when people actually show like awareness of what you do. Is like, oh my god, people are listening to this crap. <laughs> yeah, it's it's exciting to 
realize you're not just uh, blabbing into a mic with your friend for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I um, uh, um, I had a voicemail played on Star Wars Minute uh, oh. when we were in the early going, when we had just started out here, and so I linked to it on our on our Facebook page. And one of our listeners said, "Oh, that was our Eric. That was that was that voicemail today." And I was like, "Oh, cool! I, I'm 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 our Eric now." <laughs> For uh, episode three. Yeah, yeah, the current season that, that that's just about there. as we're recording this, they're finishing it up this week. Yeah. Oh well, uh, let me know which number it is. I'll have to go back and yeah, check that it's, out. Yeah, uh, it's the episode uh, when uh, Anakin kills the kids. I called it doing an impression of uh, oh, know, Oliver Twistish kid. I uh, remember that. That, 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 that was, was you. Crazy. <laughs> it was our Eric. I've, I've, yeah, I've I've called in a few times, but I have not been oh, selected okay. yet. Ah, yeah. As you can see, I like doing British voices. I did the Queen of England earlier this week. I did that British kid, so I love it. I don't know you're, if they're good or not, but I love doing it. Oh, you're a master. Yes, he's, <laughs> he's our man of a thousand voices. Never would have guessed you were an American. Ah, <laughs> uh, so uh, Eric, what happens in minute fifty-six? All right, yeah, so the young tree man, as was widely telegraphed over the last couple of minutes, he indeed does die, and it's just so sad because he clearly thinks he did it. He's got this look on his face like, I did it, I'm going to pull my arm out now, boom, rug pulled out from under him. You just feel so bad for him. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, this, this kid did nothing to deserve this. He is just stuck in the dumbest, <laughs> just dumbest initiation. It was his fault. He w- was stupid enough to be born into the Arborian society and <laughs> grow up to being, uh, you know, like 18 or whatever. Yeah, as you alluded to, Eric, he, he, he wants to be stabbed before the madness, so it's apparently a very unpleasant death. It, it, it hasn't even really started. Right now, he's just in a little bit of pain, but he's like, he's not going to try to fight this off. He's not going to try to suck out the poison. It's just like, all right, run me through. Yeah. Well, we see his uh, blood. He has yeah, green of course. Blood. Yes, of course he does, because they're tree people. So, of course, their clothes are green and their blood is green. Yes. But uh, doesn't Emperor Ming also have green blood? Uh, I'm trying to remember if it's green or not. Let's see. Prince Thun's blood was blue when he got stabbed earlier this uh, movie. Uh, yeah, I, th- Ming, I think Ming's is green. I think you're right. So maybe the Arboreans are actually the same species as Ming. Ooh, like an offshoot, like Romulans and Vulcans. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> And they have green blood, too. So That's true. Um, also, just uh, a note that I had, just in general, is I don't think Flash Gordon, the movie, understands what moons are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talked about this uh, on an episode that hasn't aired yet. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> no, no, go ahead, though, but you're right. Yes, the, the, you're right. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, a small floating island or... Just a, a cathedral with rockets on it. These are not moons. Yeah, this Just... I, Arborea, I, I said it looks like a salad bowl, basically. It? <laughs> it does. <laughs> and Frig- and was it, was it uh, which was the one, Brad, uh, was it Phrygia that was like seven, eight giant rocks floating next to each other? Which yeah. Which not a moon, it would be like eight moons, right? They just had so much fun designing stuff, and then they start naming, they start like putting names to it afterwards. It's like, oh yeah, it's a, it's a moon. It's like, but yeah, what do you see when you look up in the sky? <laughs> they're very, uh, <laughs> very careless with their, you know, uh, astrological, not astrological, astronomical terms. 
in this film. Well, just the astronomy even in general. I mean, back in the beginning of the movie, we talked about how when the Zarkov's rocket first takes off, that you know, they're they're like in this wormhole after like 30 seconds. It's like, wait a minute, it, this couldn't yeah. be anywhere near our galaxy or else it would have been noticed. And how did they get there so quickly? I know, it's intergalactical. Yeah. And th- this movie also just features a thing that I hate, which is um, the like the conflation of solar systems and galaxies, like where they're used interchangeably, even though they are not at all the same thing. But you see that all the time and all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah. This is a movie written by, well, and Eric's been nice enough to call out all the lazy writing that's been done. And, uh, <laughs> and nobody even had a cousin that was in a science department at even like the local community college. He's like, hey... Can somebody help me make sure I'm using the right terminology? He's like, nah, you're fine. Ah, uh, who cares? It's, Nobody, it's 38 stuff. years from now, no one's going to be sitting around talking about yeah. this movement. <laughs> by minute. Don't worry about it. What podcasting? Spare them the madness. Science fiction geeks, come on. That's the fringe of society. Nobody pays attention to them. Come on. Scum of the earth. <laughs> is ever going to become a geeky world? So, uh, after the, uh, the the young man is uh, is he is spared, and they it, they don't even show him getting run through. We get uh, Flash and Aura seeing what happens and uh, reacting to it, and of course Flash is this is the guy that's going to help me. He's like he's being helpful. <laughs> well, you know the thing is, Baron, it's like, as he goes to quote unquote help this guy and, and spare him the madness. I mean. He's not even, he, he's beyond ambivalent. It's like, he's so nonchalant. It's like he's picking up his morning bagel. He's just like, I yes, I'll help you. Here we go. Okay, you're dead. I mean, he just, he just, it means it's nothing to him. It is. Then, like, seconds later, he's running up to Aura, and you don't get the sense at all that this is a man who just stabbed somebody with a sword and took a man's life, like, less than, well, it's within a minute, obviously, because we're yeah. looking at this minute. Yeah, so either uh, so either he's a complete sociopath, or way too many people fail this initiation. It's like there's just a pile of bodies. So many young men are dying that they must be pretty. Uh, once again, Aura ab- and once again, Aura absolutely loves it. Yes, Aura's delight at a man being killed is <laughs> infectious, and I, I love this trope of like these uh, twisted women who just love watching men kill each other. <laughs> And it reminded me of um, there's this episode of Batman the Animated Series where it, it involves like Rupert Thorne and all the mobsters and they're having like a mob war or something and there's just a really hot attractive lady and all she just gets her rocks off just by watching all these mobsters fight each other and she's just like wild nothing more exciting for her than just seeing men kill each other on uh, season 2 of uh, Daredevil the Netflix Daredevil, uh, they have a flashback to when he's dating Elektra, and mm-hmm. he's he's got he's he's beating somebody up, and she's just watching him, and she's she's completely turned on by it. Yeah, and, and I think it's something that's a trope that's lessened in recent years. Um, I I think at the time of Flash Gordon, you really the only real female characters you could have in science fiction or action is either you know the damsel in distress, so the Dale character, or you would have the femme fatale. And the femme fatales are going to dig watching, you know, the heroes get beat up or the bad guy, you know, the, they're often like the, 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 mo- the mobsters, you know, girlfriend or something that 
if they're going to really be evil, they're not going to be the one beating the guy up. But they're, So they're just going to have to like enjoy watching it happen. And now yes. it's changed a little bit because y- you'll have either female characters that are bad guys that do the beating up themselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, the... the yeah, heck, going back to uh, what was it? The first Pierce Brosnan uh, Bond movie where Exana uh, e- e- on a top, Xenia Z- on a top. Thank you. Uh, you know, crushing guys between our legs. <laughs> God. Oh, golden, golden eye. Or even before that, Grace Jones. Uh, yeah. In one of the Roger Moore ba- uh, Bond movies, where you know she was a physically impressive woman, so it, it was starting to slowly happen there. But now, you know, you you have like in the Marvel movies, you have Black Widow or Wasp, uh, female characters that can be butt kickers as well. Um, so you know, so you've sort of lost that you know bad guy's girlfriend who she's not going to actually fight. She's not actually going to be a physical threat. She just has to be there, sort of licking her lips while watching the the cruelty <laughs> happen. Um, one thing, so, you know, Aura reveals herself, and boy, what a great shot of Aura. Uh, she's looking really foxy and red. It's a nice uh, no. full body shot, and uh, with the green behind her, really makes her pop, and she looks great. It, it was a very loving shot of her in, in the tree village. Yeah, she is so beautiful, and it's, uh, it, yeah, it's a great scene, and uh, Prince Baron is so much more excited about seeing her than he was like the last time he's and he wants to celebrate he wants to yeah prepare a feast i just killed a guy but now my girlfriend's here let's have a feast <laughs> who's hungry yeah exactly <laughs> i still have this poor guy's kidney on my sword but uh i can <laughs> i'm peckish um yeah no first time in these minutes where we get some uh that howard blake score is back just a little bit no, this is actually this is, is a queen this song. queen. Yeah, this is uh, this is a song is called Arborea parentheses Planet of the Tree Men, uh, oh. and it's one of all it's one of the two songs that John Deacon wrote for the soundtrack. Okay, I, I didn't realize this. Uh, Eric, it feels like it's a little bit been a little while since we heard Queen. Yeah, yeah, this is this is um, I was looking at the track listing on the soundtrack, and yeah, it's um, we've been in a long stretch without any Queen stuff. When was the last time at this point? Uh, give me one second, and I will call it up right now. Let's see here. The last song before this one was uh, "The Kiss" when Aura resurrected Flash, kissing him. Oh, okay. So it's been a little bit. They're parsing it, Queen out. That you know, you got the big final battle coming up, and they they're gonna go all Queen all the time there. Oh, baby. <laughs> Interestingly enough, uh, on the LP. This, uh, the soundtrack was released in, on an LP in 1982, and the song was listed simply as Man. I don't man? Get that. Yeah, just Man. Even though the song is called Arborea, Planet of the Tree Men, for some reason, I don't know, maybe it was a typo, but it was listed as Man. It was a typo that just forgot to type Arborea and the tree yeah. in front of it. And put Man instead of Men. Yes. Yeah, it happens. So, Baron, he's so excited to see her. He's like, you came, and then she says, he's like, I do sometimes keep a promise. Boy, she just likes showing <laughs> off how much she sucks as a girlfriend. <laughs> you know, just reminding him that apparently she's uh, she, she she has ditched a couple dates with him, and also she already knows she's going to 
tick him off where he he wants her to see he's like you know bring food and we're gonna have a feast or whatever and she's like oh i gotta leave right away and he already knows something's up she has to be aware that he is not going to be thrilled that flash is there and she's setting so much bad will and crap into motion and just that it was just funny that that one little word it's like she is just taunting him and he doesn't even realize it yet yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I do sometimes keep promises. Sometimes I'm not a total jerk, isn't that great? We talked, was it last week, where I talked about there was the scene with Dale and, and her escape and how I never knew that scene existed because uh, that scene was always cut out of uh, TV edit when I was growing up. So this, what we've been talking about this week was another TV edit that was done sometimes, but not all the time when I would watch it. So the bulk of the minute from Tuesday, all of yesterday's minute and the beginning of this minute very often was cut from TV showings for time. And so the movie would go in those versions from Clytus sniffing the handkerchief right in our first second of this week, straight to the guy asked already having been, been uh, uh, hit by Stabbed. the scorpion, asking to be spared, the madness, and then Baron killing him. So, so that's like nonsensical yeah it it made literally no sense at all until you see the scene a little bit later when flash and baron have the duel with the tree stump you're going from you're on manga with clytus and kala and then suddenly you're cutting to baron a character from you know 20 minutes ago stabbing some guy asking to be spared the man it's like whoa what the hell was this and so but sometimes that and it wouldn't be made it was very strange And, and and again as we get later into the later minutes i'll say what some of the other edits that sometimes will be done instead, but when that version played, if you're watching it for the first time, you're like, what the hell is, what is this? Spare him in the mask. What the hell's going on here? You would, it would just be, it made no sense. But that doesn't make a lick of sense. That is terrible. That's really bizarre. Yeah. Seems like there's other things that could be cut instead of that. I don't know. I, I, I guess they're just like, yeah, they're just like, oh, there's no music. Uh, this is boring. Cut it. I, I am always fascinated by that, and um, God, and it's, that just sounds like a time thing. It's not like this is a particularly sexy or outrageously violent scenes. It's just they were just must have been out of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, that just makes no sense. What's um, I know I've, there's a comedian that um, has talked about how, how much fun it is to watch Showgirls when it's on VH1 because it's an <laughs> NC-17 movie with. Gobs oh yeah, gobs of nudity. <laughs> yeah, how do you how do you even cut that for TV? Yeah, they don't. They they they, they superimpose the uh, stuff over. Yeah, well, and it ends up being like half an hour long. <laughs> oh the, yeah, they put the bikinis like superimpose bikinis tops on everyone, and then oh, there's wow. a particularly strange. brutal scene with one of her friends getting attacked. And they just like start from the big, you know. She goes into a hotel room, and next thing she's in a hospital. It's like, what, what, what's going on here? And then other scenes where they just cut so much stuff out. And it's like, why do you even do it? Yeah, what's what's the point, really? Yeah, and I think uh, well, with that movie with Showgirls, there was also a thing where uh, the lead actress, uh, the the young woman from uh, Saved by the Bell, I, I, it was such a poor experience for her. And often what they try to do is when they record the non-profanity version of the lines, they try to get you to like either come back in and re-record stuff, and she wouldn't do the voiceover. So also, you have like a different voice doing half of the dialogue because they had to you know, knock out the profanity 
As, 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 so there she is, like saying, "Heckin' darn." A Sam Jones type of situation. Yes, but at least with <laughs> with, with Sam, none of it's Sam. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that uh, that shocked me when I heard that on this podcast. I'm like, what? I've I've been been deceived. Oh my god! When I when I mean I didn't know this fact until I was deep into my twenties. I mean, my mind exploded when I heard about this uh, about the complete redubbing of his voice. Yeah, that's really strange. This is a movie where just so many so many young understandings and stuff, and so many minds are blown, and you just don't feel right at the hills anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I need I need to take the right pills, I guess. <laughs> Every now and then, I'll just be driving somewhere. It's like, <laughs> right in the hills. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. As soon as she starts saying how she has to leave, Baron knows immediately that he is not going to like where this conversation goes. And, uh, I mean, just how common do you guys think it is for her to promise more than she's going to deliver and just completely go in a different direction? And do you guys think she's dropped other boyfriends off? Yeah. There's no motivation for her to have to keep her promises because, you know, there's like no consequences for her. So I would imagine she does this stuff all the time. What, what do you think, Eric? Do you, do you think Flash is the first guy she's dropped off? And what do you think the survival rate is for her other fellas? Considering what we're going to find out uh, in the next couple of weeks, Baron immediately does with Flash, despite Aura, you know, asking for his help. I, I don't think that they do too well, but I don't think Aura cares too much, clearly, because she obviously, some of these guys she never sees again, she keeps doing it. She's just the worst date ever. Guys, to the listeners out there, if you're on twi- uh, Tinder and she pops up, just swipe left. Which way are you supposed to swipe if you if you're gonna go not not go for it? Is it swipe left? I think it's left. I, I got out of the dating world way before uh, app dating, so uh, damn it, I sort, sort of butchered that uh, whole comment. That's oh, too yeah, bad. Don't ask me, man. I, I <laughs> I've been married for twelve years. I had no idea. Yeah, it's too bad you got into podcasting after. Oh yeah, it's like uh, just missed my opportunity. Should have should should have gotten into it way back when. Would have been an early adopter. That's a question for you guys. Um, no, this is this is Eric's first podcast. Um, Jack, how how long have you been in this world? Uh, we started reopening the wormhole in late 2015. Good lord, yeah. So two and a half years. When did podcasting first uh, get on your radar? It was actually not long before that. Um, so the how we got into this is. Um, I'm a big Lost fan, and my uh, my brother introduced me to this podcast that he came across called Back to the Island, where these two musicians uh, who they just watch Lost like randomly, and they didn't so haphazardly, and they're like, we don't even like Lost anymore. The show sucks, and they just kept doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it, it was so it's really funny, but it's like so slipshod and careless and there will be like episodes where they only talk about lost for like five minutes. And we were both just like, well, damn, yeah, we could do this. And somehow just at the same time, we were both just like deep space nine, let's do it. And then that was basically around the same time as I started listening to and making podcasts. So about two and a half years. What about you, Eric? When did like when was the first time you were became aware of the the podcasting genre? 
I am a big Gilbert Gottfried fan, and I heard that he started a podcast. This was 2013 or 2014, and so I started listening to that, and I was hooked immediately on that. And after listening to his show, which is once a week for a few episodes, I was like, oh, I wonder what other podcasts might be out there. And the first thing I Googled was podcast plus Star Wars and <laughs> discovered uh, Star Wars Minute and then uh, started listening to that religiously. And then from those two, it just grew and grew and grew, and I just became a podcast head. Yeah, that Gilbert Goffrey, it's like an interview show. It, it's not really a comedy show. Yeah, it's a long-form interview, like an hour, hour and a half. It's actors, it's it's uh, writers, it's it's. Uh, comedians it's, it's hollywood basically it's it's celebrating hollywood he has a lot of older older members of hollywood um and some current people too but a lot of people that i've never even heard of but it's just a great listen anyway does his voice not get irritating after a while listening to uh well, <laughs> well i think he's the funniest man on the planet so i find okay. his voice part of his charm <laughs> i mean i love it but it just seems like it might be a bit much i mean his laugh uh, it, to me is infectious I, I, his laugh <laughs> i could listen to his laugh i know people find him annoying i could listen to a loop of his laugh all day long <laughs> he is a brutal comedian um yeah in just a fearless comedian sort of the bobcat goldthwait thing where when people think of him they don't they just think of you know the squinty eyes and the the voice and realizing that's just part of the shtick but he's actually a pretty intelligent comedian yeah he is and very daring right it was funny because you know, godfrey got into so much trouble because uh when he was the aflac duck right yeah and then he posted some pretty rough jokes about a tsunami that occurred yeah the 2011 tsunami yep. and uh which was pretty stupid because uh, I'd never even heard of Aflac until Aflac until I came here. But Aflac does like seventy-five percent of their business in Japan, and it's all over the place here. Yeah, it's um, well, it's just sort of a thing where he was a brutal comedian who half of his shtick is just sort of saying stuff that nobody would say. And it's like yeah. you know, perhaps you shouldn't hire him to be the voice of your publicly traded insurance company. Yeah, largely Japan-based insurance company <laughs> yeah i mean my my whole thing with that is I won't, I won't get too into it here but my whole thing with that was they knew what affleck knew who they were hiring when they hired him yeah exactly it was, so, it, was a, it was a bad hiring to, decision yeah <laughs> go ahead and then you know cut him loose when he made you know those comments uh, to me just it was a bit disingenuous in my opinion on Affleck because they knew who they were hiring when they hired him. yeah it's like we hired gilbert gottfried and he just Keeps acting like Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've listened to a couple episodes of that show, and, and it is very good. For, for me, God, I was aware of podcasting. I, I just I remember reading an article probably 10 years ago, right when it was starting to get a little bit of traction. And, but it was before like any name started getting into it. And now it's actually really surprising any actor or there's so many actors that you that are named guys. I actually have a little side podcast. Uh, I was going to kick a Adam Scott, uh, the actor from uh, Parks and Rec, and uh, who's currently on Ghosted. Um, he like has a podcast where he talks about YouTube music. Yeah, like everyone has one. It seems like celebrities. Yeah. But it was sort of before that time when it would just be people po podcasting, and 
so few people had like uh, like proper equipment to really get the download it, and it was having a tough time getting traction. And I sort of ignored it for a while, and then I became aware of Adam Carolla. And when I was in uh, like right out of college, I was uh, working a two to ten shift, and I would get home basically just in time to watch um, M- on MTV Love Line with uh, Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. I really liked that show. I used to listen to Love Line on the radio, yeah. And then I found out that Corolla had his own podcast, and that was the first podcast I listened to. And it was really funny, and what I liked is uh, I've always been a, a radio fan. I always like talk radio and stuff like that. And it was great because it got rid of the advertising. And it can be about, like, whatever. Uh, he would do a lot of long-form interviews, and also... Um, so, so it was basically it took everything I liked about radio where, you know, um, the format, the recurring bits and stuff like that, but got rid of the stuff to be frustrating because uh, I grew up outside of Philly, so uh, Howard Stern was on all over. And Howard Stern can be really funny, but the problem is he would have sometimes three, four minutes of advertising because of the way he would go. He would talk for 45 minutes, and then they would have to shove all the advertising in at once, and it would get – I would too lose long. interest. Yeah, too long. And with Corolla show, you, you you didn't have that. You basically everything that you didn't like about terrestrial radio was removed. Um, and then I slowly, you know, just built up a pretty big from that is where it all began. I didn't wasn't aware of minute by minute until uh, on the Mothership show, Cosmic Geppetto, we had uh, Kyle Crane on from uh, Ghostbusters Minute, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we do a minute by a minute. You should be on." It's like, "Oh crap, this is gonna start something." <laughs> <laughs> and it has. If only there was somebody who could save us all from this. <laughs> slow down, slow down. We still got some stuff to do. We've got business <laughs> to take care of. So I do have my Deep Space Nine flash question of the day, though. Uh, oh. If Jack will indulge me for one last time this week. Keep them coming. All right. Big giant battle. One side, the Hawkmen. The other side, the Cardassians. Who wins the battle? Uh, is this, like, in space or on the uh, a, a, a neutral territory that would be advantageous to both of them, I guess, let's say. So we're talking, like, hand-to-hand or ships? It's, I guess it has to be hand-to-hand because I don't think the Hawkmen even have ships. Well, yeah, I would say probably the Hawkmen would win. That's my guess. But, I don't know, it depends on whether the Cardassians have phasers or not. Yeah, give, give, them, give, give, them both, give them all lasers and phasers, too. Hand-to-hand plus phasers. Well, then may, maybe a, it could be a pretty fair fight. Now, if it was a, uh, if it was the Hawkman versus Klingons, that would be a, a different story. All right, they, all right. What's your, what's your thoughts there? All right. You know, they could go hand to hand. I think, honestly, the Klingons might take that one with their bat lifts. I I just would want to see after the big battle happens and the misunderstandings taken care of. I just want to see the Klingons and the Hawkman partying afterwards. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. After yeah, after the conflict is over, because there's a lot of uh, similarities. I feel like the, who were the Klingon the part... sisters that uh... Uh, the Duras sisters? Yeah, those chicks would be hanging out with uh, with Voltan. Oh, Voltan would love the two of them. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy, I'd like I'd like to see that party. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's writing that slash fiction right now. <laughs> Rule forty two. Are you get, there's probably someone out there right now yelling, a, they already have written it. We don't know about it. They're mad at it. Classic podcast fan just screaming at their head, headphones, at their computers. Yeah. That's what they all do. Eric, I mean, I mean uh, 
Jack, this has been a, a fantastic week. We really appreciate you joining us. Um, gosh, and one last time, please share where our listeners can uh, find out more about you. Sure. Um, yeah, as I've mentioned, I am an insane man. I have three podcasts. Uh, one of them is just kind of a lark, and that's my Discovery podcast, which is Jack's Silly Little Friendly Neighborhood Star Trek Discovery podcast. And that's just me goofing around while I wait for Discovery to come back on. So just doing like whatever. Um, but the main things, if you like fun, go check out uh, Reopening the Wormhole, Star Trek Deep Space Nine podcast, reopeningthewormhole.com. It's on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, bunch of pod catchers. So iTunes, yada, yada, yada. And that is just a, three goofballs goofing around talking about Deep Space Nine an excessive amount of time. So if you want thoroughness, that's uh, where to go. And if you want to hear episodes of this highly serialized show talked about in a completely random order, we're your jam. I'm also on the Ape cast. So I'm talking about Planet of the Apes, movies, comics, books, everything. Bonus Ape Entertainment, King Kong, you know, Dunstan checks in, all sorts of good stuff is <laughs> going to show up. And uh, that's the apecast.libson.com. And that is also on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. So, apes, podcaster shall not kill podcaster. Have you discussed Lancelot Link's secret chimp? Oh, jeez. We'll, we'll be talking about Lancelot Link probably next year, so stay tuned. Yeah, right right now yes. we're we're in the middle of the uh, the 1970s Planet of the Apes TV show, which I've never seen, so that is exciting. Yeah, I've never seen that, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, go check it out. We put out two episodes a month on that, plus a bonus episode. So, uh, real quick, uh, one last thing. So, you, you mentioned uh, Dunstan checks in. <laughs> as, as we like to mention, we, we have to mention the Mothership Show, the Cosmic Geppetto podcast. That um, podcast got its name from a play called Early One Evening at the Rainbow Bar and Grill, written by Bruce Graham. Bruce Graham, that playwright, is the guy who wrote Dunstan checks in. Wow. <laughs> That's strange. All ties together. It's all part of a rich tapestry. Eric, uh, one last time for this week. Uh, where can people find out more about our little uh, slice of the podcasting heaven? Join us on Facebook, the Flash Gordon Minute listeners vortex. Join us on Twitter, Flash Gordon Pod. Email us, Flash Gordon Minute at gmail.com. And Brad, I request the song that you play this episode to be the theme song to Lancelot Link's Secret Chimp. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Damn, I hope i got to be so careful editing this. But yes, we will do that. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, you know, as always, we ask for your uh, ratings and reviews for our little show. And uh, also, uh, you know, give Jack a listen. He's, he's doing three podcasts. You can just subscribe and give him a rating and review. Um, please do. Please do. It's been another fantastic week, as I love to do on our uh, last episode of the week. I gotta thank you, Eric. Uh, Flash Gordon Minute would not have happened if not for uh, you having the brilliant idea of doing this. You really wanted this to happen. Someone else was going to do it. You were joining them. That person dropped out, and you were it's like, hey, I need someone to do this. And you, you inspired me to, to, to join you as a co-host and Jarv to be our producer. And uh, I'm having a great time, so thank you so much. Oh, Thanks. and I am too. And, and, and Brad, you, you inspire me <laughs> with your tireless devotion to handling all technical aspects of this endeavor. 
Yeah, thanks to you, Gordon Minute is alive. <laughs> By the way, tireless my butt. I'm tired all the time from this show. Your tired efforts. It's been great. It's been another fun week. Um, but uh, but I'm a bit bummed out. Yeah. Why? Because as has been called out, we're now past the halfway point and uh you know we, we're just having such a great time and we've had so many amazing guests and i'm just uh, i'm just depressed because it's we're, we're going on the downhead slide we're over the hump and uh it's just it's just bumming me out eric well you know if you're skiing downhill on the slopes and you're, you're, you're flying by so fast you're getting 50 percent 60 percent 70 percent down the hill and you're just sad that the finish line's coming up because it's just too much fun and you never want the fun to end but all good things must come to an end don't worry brad flash will save every one of us Thank you for joining us, listeners. Now be here next week as Prince Baron's schemes land Flash in a swampy cage. And we're joined by Jeremy and Andrea of the Geekish Cast. Incredible adventures await you here on Flash Gordon Minute. Lancelot Link, Secret Jim. Yeah.